I love improv because I grew up playing a lot of sports, so it's improv is a team activity. Depending on the night, you all all taking a different position on the court. One of you might be scoring the points that night a lot more. We all might score the points evenly that night, but we all have to be there to support each other with that end goal of putting on a really cool and fun show. That's Shannon O'Neill, performer and artistic director of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York City. And this is Artworks, the weekly podcast produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. I'm Josephine Reed. The Upright Citizens Brigade is an improv and sketch group founded in Chicago by Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Ian Roberts, and Matt Walsh. The group moved to New York City in 1996 and began performing and offering classes in improv. These were so successful that the Upright Citizens Brigade was able to open its own theater. Now UCB has two theaters in New York City and two in Los Angeles, as well as training centers in both cities. Every day of the week, all the theaters on both coasts are going strong, offering classes and performing improv and sketch comedy. Clearly, they're doing something right. The alumni of UCB Theater have gone on to write and perform in Saturday Night Live, Parks and Recreation, Veep, Inside Amy Schumer, The Daily Show, Broad City, and I Am Only Scratching the Surface. This summer, four members of UCB, Shannon O'Neill, Brandon Scott Jones, Molly Thomas, and Connor Ratliff, headed to Washington, D.C.'s Woolly Mammoth Theater to perform We Know How You Die. Here's how it works. Someone volunteers from the audience and is asked a series of questions that are used as prompts for a full-length, improvised skit that culminates in that person's death. Trust me, it's not at all grim, but ridiculously funny. The night I saw it, Steve, the audience volunteer, met his end by being eaten by a cow that was crossbred with a coconut. The craziest part was, given his responses to the questions asked, it even made sense. Shannon O'Neill and Brandon Scott Jones were gracious enough to sit down with me before an evening performance to try to explain how they do what they do. Since UCB is known for its long-form improvisation, I thought that would be a good place to start. I want to begin with just a really basic question, which is what is long-form improvisation? I mean, I know it's longer, but, but what else do you need to bring to the table with long-form improvisation that you might not with other, with other work? Um, like long-form, if you look at the, uh, the improv that you might be familiar with on television, like Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, those are called short-form games where what's funny about the scene is defined before the performers start doing it. So we're going to do um, World's Worst, and we're going to see a bunch of the World's Worst doctors, World's Worst baseball players, or whatever that is. In long-form improv, we still do need the audience. The audience does inspire us with a suggestion, but then we take that suggestion out of that. We, through creating scenes, much like you would see in a play, discover what's funny about whatever situation we're in, and we start to play with it that way. So the act of discovering what is the comedic element of the scene is happening in the moment. Very well said, Was Brandon. that good? Yes. I really, like, I, like, lasered in on an idea, and I was like, I think I can answer this question correctly. <laughs> I, do you think I did it? It made sense to me. Oh, Joe, yeah. thank you very much. Thank you. That's so what that's I want to do. good. Yes. I'd like to focus on this show that you're doing now at the Woolly Mammoth, We Know How You Die. 
That is very long form mm -hmm. because this is a night of theater of which I'd say three quarters of it is devoted to this one concept. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this show. So like just to describe the show and then we can kind of break yeah. it down from there. We come out and we ask for an audience volunteer and we ask them by saying like who wants to know how they died and uh, they come up on this stage and Shannon uh, will sit down and uh, she will interview them in front of the audience and that is very much a part of the show but that interview inspires us with details about that person's life and those details are the things that we sort of use to inspire those scenes so when I was describing long form earlier we said oh you just give us a suggestion that interview is essentially our big meaty suggestion that we sort of take and we have no idea where it's going, what's going to happen, how this person is going to die. But as we sort of start playing with things, uh, start seeing different characters that this person might have described, ones that we invent for them, we get to a place where we show the uh, audience member, oh, this will be your, your death. And hopefully our goal is that it's a funny, very cathartic way to die. And so that's what the show is, how it kind of came about is, um, well, Shannon was the, the one that, the Woolly Mammoth, ask, yeah. maybe you yeah. want to talk about a relationship with the Woolly Mammoth and how we got down here. Woolly Mammoth and UCB became in contact with each other, and Woolly Mammoth was very interested in us coming down for a residency, essentially, of three weeks, which would be the longest performance residency we've ever done outside of our theaters. But they wanted something that was kind of like developed for them. We Know How You Die was just something that I came up with to give it a nice hook. Uh, so yeah, so I just developed it. And then through discussion with Howard here at the Woolly Mammoth, it became a thing. They're like, yeah, let's do it. And then we've been working on the show at our theaters in New York since March. So we did it two or three times a month to workshop it and tweak it and figure out exactly how like we wanted it to work in the beginning what the right questions were to ask. I was to say, that would be very yeah. important. And how yeah. we, I think also, like, again, because there's, like, no planning of what we're doing on that stage, but, the, like, the, the general feeling of what we wanted the show to be like. Mm -hmm. um, if you see our show, there's, we have a little bit of an opening uh, where we sort of come out and from through the audience, and that's something that sort of was born out of us doing the show. Yeah. And just kind of, again, like, t like figuring out different ways and different tools we could use to maybe sort of explore whatever we get from the interviewee, yeah. which I think could be really fun. And we, yeah, yeah. And we very much wanted to take advantage of the Woolly Mammoth Theater. It's such a beautiful theater. Oh my God. It's, it's gorgeous. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's yeah. so, it's a, it's a wonderful theater and it's so great to perform in. Improv is just such a specific art form that like not every theater feels like a good place for improv to be, but this feels very much like, oh, improv totally works here. Yeah, and we have been <clears throat> doing shows a long time in New York City, and the venues that we could describe that we have performed improv in, I mean, I, I have done improv underneath a bar. I have done improv, like, on the, like, back uh, of a stage in, like, a kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, a kitchen not too far away. I so did a show in a an old auto body shop that was used for storage up till the day before and they cleared it out just so we could perform in it. Yeah, it's like- Did not work very well yeah. at all. <laughs> I know, it's like, so like <laughs> the one thing, like improv's a little bit like pickup basketball, of like if there's something that can look like a stage, sort of like if there's something that could be like a hoop, you could do it there, but there's sometimes where it feels like very right. And this is a theater where it is a very warm experience coming out to that stage. I would imagine, as you said, developing the right questions, but then picking the right person. Mm -hmm. I, I was there on opening night, and the guy you picked, the engineer who played the ukulele, and Steve, Steve, Steve 
Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. You couldn't buy him. I know. And the great thing is, though, we've had that every night. Yeah. We've had someone every night where it's kind of like, you got so lucky with that person because I think we don't trust that <laughs> we're all interesting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's that thing of, I think, a little bit of an improv philosophy to believe like, oh, everyone's interesting. Everyone has something to them. And Shannon, who's been interviewing people on stage like that in different contexts and talking to different people and, you know, different shows and so forth, she knows how to get to that place. But also people are willing to open up. Once they start, they can almost like, in a nice way, they could start hearing themselves be interesting. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's very, very nice. That's that's very much it. It's like, yeah. as a comedian, when we got our first laugh, it was like an encouragement of like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. Where when you're interviewing someone and they first get a reaction from the audience as if like, oh, the audience is interested in what I'm saying. Yeah. Or I just said something that was funny to them. So they feel good because they're making the audience laugh as well. Yeah, it's so funny because we do ask people what's interesting about them before we bring them on stage. And inevitably, every single night, it feels like somebody has said, oh, the most interesting thing about me is that I'm a consultant. And it's sort of like, come on, really? Like, that is the most interesting thing about you. And it's like, maybe that is, but you ask them one more time, and then they always inevitably give you something way more interesting. You just have to, like, think about it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, people don't give themselves enough credit sometimes Mm -hmm. for being interesting. Is there any kind of person you avoid? Well, yeah, there is something that we did in our New York shows because our New York shows were so full of improvisers and actors or people that want to be performers. And we, maybe it was like the second or third show, we decided we're going to eliminate those people from the beginning because they're doing something that we're already doing. We're already performers, improvisers, so their lives don't interest us as much Mm -hmm. because we also want to be interested in the material that we're performing, which is essentially this person's life. So we eliminate uh, those type of people. Yeah, and then also, I don't know if I, just like people who are like, like what's a nicer, what's a more like uh, podcasty way of saying like an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> like we don't want a jerk. <laughs> a jerk, that's right. Oh my God, it's been so long since I've used the word jerk. I go straight for like the bad words. Yeah. What's wrong with me? But when jerk is a good word. Jerk is a yeah. great word. It's got jerk. punch to I mean, it. Yeah, it's I like it. it. It's a good word. Yeah, it's got a good yeah. one. Yeah. We want someone that will cooperate. Yeah. So from the beginning, if it's like what's interesting about you and they say a joke back, we might give them one more shot yeah. at something, but we don't need someone to be making jokes because yeah. that's our job to well, come with the comedy. We want someone that's going to be like honest and sincere and put their wall down a little bit and let yeah. us enter the lives. And that will inevitably always be the funniest part of it too, mm-hmm. is that people being honest and like really putting themselves out there. Like that is so much more fun and interesting and it makes people lean into it a little bit mm-hmm. more. Okay, so there you are. It's just the four of you on stage, Connor and Molly and you two. You have decided on your audience volunteer. You have questioned that person. It's not like you run backstage and have a little consult. You just go. Oh, my gosh. Every time we go backstage, Brandon says, I forget everything that person said. I, that is a very true thing. I do. I run backstage. And I'm like, I remember nothing. And that is the only conversation we've had. <laughs> and the rest of the time, we run right back out on stage. It's literally just enough for us to do a little quick costume yeah. change. We're just pulling our robes off, and then we go back on stage. Any, any one of you can begin. Any mm-hmm. one of us can begin. And it, it, it's that very beginning moment. And I don't know how Shannon feels, and I'm interested to know, actually, too. But it's that first moment of the show where it's like, gosh, well, here we go. We have to do it. I hope somebody has something. <laughs> and it's like, I also have things, but I, I th- there's a little bit of that, that like, I don't want to say anxiety, but that rush of like, it, it's going to start now. And then once somebody gets out there, there's no rules. We have, I mean, it's just like, we go for it. And um, yeah, I agree with that. Cause that first scene is 
basically us. We can explain the show as say what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. But once we show what we're going to do, that's when the audience is like, oh, I get it. Yeah. So that's what the, like that first scene very much defines that first move, the yeah. first line of dialogue that is said is now showing the audience exactly what we're going to do. And it's yeah. pulling something specific from the interview so that they see like, oh, they are using that interview. Yeah. Now I get it. UCB teaches classes in, in improvisation. And I know, Shannon, you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. And you're a teacher. Yes. So there has to be some method. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. So oh, what we're are, doing? Yeah. Oh, there's rules. There's techniques and concepts that basically it's a language we've all learned, mm-hmm. this language of long-form improv and a UCB style of improv. So we, we speak that same language. So, yeah, there's rules we follow. It's like tools and it's a language we speak um, that we have and like, like these tools in our belt. So it's the idea of like, again, nothing is planned, but it's a muscle that you work as well. And so improvising is, it's very fun, but the, it's, a, it's a very mental thing. But then after a while, it has to start to feel a little bit like like in it's, your body. It's you instinctual. Have, it's instinctual. Like driving a car. Like mm-hmm. Exactly, like driving a car. Like it's Brandon exactly. will step out into a scene, and, and then my brain just quickly decides mm-hmm. based on what he's just said, mm-hmm. how he's said it, who he may have established himself or myself as in the scene. My brain quickly just processes that so that my reaction can honor his initiation so that we can build a really fun scene. And is that one of the rules? Accepting what somebody puts out there? Yep. Yes, exactly. The idea of saying, okay, this is what you've given me. Yep, that's what this is. I'm going to add to it. And whether it's something you were expecting or even better, if it's something you weren't expecting when I say, we're going to be fine because Mm -hmm. this is not a one and one. This is a two. Does that make sense? It's not one person improvising with another person who's improvising. It's two people improvising together, if that makes sense. And that this scene lives and dies on us having Mm -hmm. some sort of relationship up there where we're communicating not only as characters, but we're communicating as improvisers. And the more and more you improvise together, the more that language starts to feel a little bit more fluid as well. Mm -hmm. That like, I have a sense of like, after performing with Shannon for a very long time now, I know the types of things that she likes and I know the way she's gonna sort of make a big character choice. You know, I know what she might go for. I don't know exactly the specifics of it. I might not always be prepared for it, but I, you get that sense or, oh, I can sense Shannon really enjoys doing this because she said it a couple times. And so like, let's follow that path and just trust that like, I don't know where this is leading, but if we go there together, we'll end up someplace great. I would imagine, and knowing nothing about this, but I, I would just imagine that being present would be so important so that when Shannon's talking, you're not thinking, oh, what am I going to say next? But you're actually really listening to Shannon. Mm-hmm. It's called being in the moment. Oh, yeah, being in the moment. Listening is is super key. Exactly what Shannon described earlier. There's definitely like the, like the, the nimble side of it where you have to be very quick or an agile with your brain. But she's heard it, and she's willing to take it in. And, and if she mishears something, she'll ask for a clarification. If she mishears something and doesn't realize she mishears something, she's going to still make a choice, and I'm going to have to listen to that. And it's mm-hmm. just building off of each other, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Listening also, is key. Yeah. It's also being able to be egoless when you're performing because uh, yeah. we're all going to have great ideas. We're also all going to have probably like stinker ideas <laughs> here and there too. Me. <laughs> me. Me. Uh, that's just how it is because we're making it up all the time. Yeah. So there's like etiquette when you're improvising too. But say like Brandon and I step out at the same time. Uh, we both have an idea. Brandon speaks first. I forget my idea. I let it go immediately. 
because he's he's now made a move where I'm like, okay, he's I'm gonna listen to his idea. I'm not gonna listen to his idea and then think, well, let me see if I can force my idea in as well, because that's just it's, yeah. that's being a jerk of an improviser. Yeah, it is. Because it's not about trying to prove anything. So it, when you're on stage, it's not competitive at all. Exactly. Like, I'm gonna be funnier. I'm gonna be the funniest tonight. Oh yeah. Who's yeah. the funniest tonight? No. Nope. Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. The best compliment is you all work so well together. Ooh. Yeah. Like that's the best compliment, or you wrote that. People believing that you wrote the show yeah. is also that's an amazing the compliment. compliment. The number one compliment is like, you guys wrote that, right? It's like, no, like, we no, made man. it all up, and we're never gonna do it again. <laughs> kind of, isn't that a waste? Isn't that such a waste? What we I just know. did. Thanks for thinking we should have written it down. Man. I, I calculated the other day. I was just thinking like we've probably done in our first week yeah. eight to ten hours of material mm-hmm. that we completely made up that we'll never use again. Yeah. Just so much material that's like and goes the away. Interviews. Yeah, those too. That's also part of the show. Hysterical. Oh Does your heart break a little that like bye? It's uh, like gone with the wind. <laughs> you know, that's does, a great question. Yeah. That is a great question. Oh, I like that question. I wouldn't say it breaks, but there's certain scenes where I'm like, I don't. Yeah, it's not like a thing that you want them to go on forever because huh. there's sometimes you get into a scene where it's like this is so easy right now yeah. and so fun and it's just clicking so well that you never want it to end. Uh, it's very much a drug. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is the drug. It's it, a drug. It is it has that when drug I don't, feel yeah. to it. There, I go through ebbs and flows with that, where I'm like, I'm grateful that what I'm creating is gone the second it's created, and I'm I'm grateful for that. And there's a very something very free about that. I was that. about to say there must be such freedom in that. Yeah. It's like, oh well. Goodbye. It's like that's the that's sort of like I I kind of used to think that too. I'm like, oh, well, if the audience doesn't like this, it's like give me a break. I'm making it up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then like if it's really jiving the way Shannon talked, and you're like you're in a scene, and it just feels easy, or like you just feel like you could live in those characters. And I find I personally find that those there's moments where you're just silent on stage, and you're 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 there, but you still feel very present and very connected, or like you're just like firing off jokes and left and right. And then there's those moments where you're like, God, is there any way we can do that again? Can we? Is there somehow we can mm-hmm. do it? And you can't. That's not to say that improv doesn't inspire written work later on down the road, but it's never going to be. In, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's sometimes you can take it and try and write it up. It'd be more like, oh, this character was really funny. Mm-hmm. Their interesting and unusual behavior was really fun to play. So you could take a character and then like write something up about it. You might go it's take almost scenes. like based on improvisation, yes. and then trying to yeah. come up with it by rote. Yeah. Okay. This is this is a bad question, but I agree. No, <laughs> you might. Okay. I'm I'm really curious because we all have really lousy days. Yeah. What happens if you're up there and nothing's working? That's a great. That's another great question. That is a good question. That happens, and that's the beauty of performing on a team because you have other people on stage with you that take care of you. Anytime we go on stage, we say, got your back. We look in each other's eyes lovingly and say, got your back. Mm -hmm. And that just means I could step out, and it just happens to me that that night I don't have the best ideas. My scene partner out there with me will turn that into gold. They'll make it great. Yeah. That's what teamwork is. We all, our jobs are to make our teammates look good. Yeah, to pick us up. So, like, if Shannon and I are having an off night, Molly, Thomas, and Connor Ratliff, the other two cast members, are right there to, like, not even just, like, like pick us up. If they're having a hot night, they can bring us up with them. Uh-huh. And it's one of the weird comforts of doing something, a, a more dangerous sort of, like, live performance. You know what I mean? Where you're making everything up. If you can give yourself over to that, that trust, suddenly something starts to feel a little bit like lighter it's not as heavy if you're making mistakes and Uh so forth yeah did you come to improvisation from comedy or from 
acting? Because I could see either. Yeah. I have no acting training at all. Mine's all through UCB. I came to UCB for comedy, never considered myself a performer, and then I just started taking, and then I fell in love day one, and I was like, I'm a performer now. Yeah. <laughs> and and what about you, Brandon? Uh, I studied drama. I did. A, I went to a drama school in New York, and then I took some time off, and I started writing. And then, kind of about a couple years out of drama school, felt a little creatively stifled, and I wasn't sure what I was doing. And, and I had gone to see this show at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. When we walked out, the friend I was with was like, "I could get up there and do that." And I remember thinking to myself, "I could never do that in a million years." And so, flash forward a year from that moment. I like go and I had just watched the movie Strangers with Candy, the the film version of it, and Stephen Colbert and Amy Sedaris were there talking about their time at Second City and improv. And as I walked out of that theater, somebody said, "Tom, take classes at the UCB," and I was like, "Okay," and I did, and I really never looked back. Same thing with Shannon. I just fell in love day one. There was just something like really crazy about it. And for you, comedy was really the driving force. Yeah. The reason I started my UCB class, I had in college, my major was communications broadcasting. So I thought I was going to be like a behind the scenes TV producer or maybe even like a screenwriter, more of like a right on the writer side, behind the scenes stuff. And then I saw a Second City show in Chicago while on a field trip in college. It was called Paradigm Lost and it had Tina Fey and Rachel Dratch. They're nobodies. <laughs> it had a bunch of nobodies named Tina Fey, Rachel Dratch. It was like a killer cast, a couple other folks whose names are escaping me. And I was watching it and I was like, this is so cool. And I went there because I was such a huge SNL fan, but I never had dreams of being on SNL. But I was like, this is really cool. And then when I moved to New York, I, I was like, I want to take an improv class because Second City did a sketch show and they did an improv set at the end and the improv, I was really like, whoa, that really blew my mind. And I asked a friend at work and they said, you should take classes at UCB. And it was really just because I had been living in New York for just like a few months. So it was like, where, like, I want to do something, not just go to work and go home. And so I signed up for a class and uh, yeah, and then just fell in love with it. And I remember the move I made in like day one that got a huge laugh and it was just me being in the moment and not trying to be funny and I was like whoa that's really cool so anytime I have a stinky show yeah. I think back to day one yeah. of my level one class and it's like remind myself that I can do it yeah <laughs> I know it's hard to describe why you fall in love with something or someone for that matter but can you talk about what it is about improvisation that just grabs you and makes you want to get up there and not know what you're going to say, but somehow say say something anyway? I bet we both have different answers. We, yeah, I bet we do. There's a couple factors to the answer. I would say, have you ever been with a friend or at a party or maybe just out to dinner? It doesn't matter where you are, but you're just having this conversation and it's just the most stimulating thing in the entire world, like where you just feel like, like wow, we are just really like I'm 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 sinking with somebody on something, and it feels really 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 great. I really think the people and the way I get to interact with them is very addictive to me. So my answer would be like the thing that draws me to it over and over again is just hearing the way people think and how they take my ideas and how we combine together. And then I've known you for a long time now and we still talk and you still surprise me in scenes, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, like constantly. I've 
feel like I don't know what's coming next. And even if I kind of do know what's coming next, it's maybe because I'm trying to get her to do the thing that I love the most. It's this weird interaction that you have and that you're conversing with people playing characters. It's without sounding like a pretentious um, jerk. <laughs> without sounding like that. Too late. Too late, I know. I, am I really no, sounding pretentious? No, oh my God, no, no. But there is just something to it. There's something to that idea of, oh, we're adults playing a very fun very crazy, very challenging game of make-believe in this really, it's like, what a release that is. I don't know. It's very s silly. Mm -hmm. When you're an adult, life is not as fun as it looks in the movies when you're a kid, I've found. And when you're improvising, it's fun and silly, and suddenly you're making sketch comedy on your feet. That's, that's my answer. Yeah. Mine is I love improv because I grew up playing a lot of sports, so it's improv is a team activity. Depending on the night, you all all taking a different position on the court. One of you might be scoring the points that night a lot more. We all might score the points evenly that night, but we all have to be there to support each other with that end goal of putting on a really cool and fun show. So I like the team aspect of it the most. I also love that I don't, um, and it's not 100% true, but I would say probably like 99% of the time, I'm in the moment on stage. I'm not thinking about the stupid stuff because life is hard yes. <laughs> living in new york is hard and life has so many ups and downs but improv is it is that thing that's why it's like it is like my drug it makes me forget about if there ever is like just dumb stuff happening in life i get to forget about it for 30 minutes an hour maybe two hours a night depending on where i am improvising and also that same thing of i i don't love breaking on stage but I love breaking on stage because someone has someone has surprised me. Like Brandon and Connor, I've improvised with the most consistently for years. And they when they surprise you, which is nightly, it's the best. Yeah. You're both teachers. Mm -hmm. Is there something that if you had to think of something you really want to impart to your students about this craft? What and and the UCB way of, of performing, what would it be? My number one thing is you have to fail to succeed. Uh, you have to fail to succeed and also stop trying to be perfect. That's where I've learned my biggest lessons on stage or in the classroom, just making a dumb move, a dumb mistake, just saying something and then the teacher just giving me notes on it and then I learn from that because success is great it, it's just like oh when you get the laugh it's like oh that just encourages that's reinforcing that I'm funny and I can do this but the mis like the, f the failures or the the bad like the attempts that don't work is a lesson in just me becoming a stronger performer and improviser and the perfection part is I I'll, sometimes I'll ask a performer that I'm so very fond of which is everyone at UCB but I might say hey Six months ago, we talked about you writing a show. Where is it? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's just not, it's not coming out right, and I just keep rewriting it. And at that point, I'm like, submit me something next week because you're trying to make it perfect, and you're not going to make it perfect. You have to get it up on stage before you realize where, what's actually wrong with it. So that's mine. And that's what the beauty of the UCB theater is, is that it's a place that we can experiment and fail and figure stuff out. You can't do that when a, a network is like, here's a bunch of money for your show, you don't have a chance then. And they're going to give you notes that you're not going to like and it's going to yeah. change your actual vision. So it's like UCB is the place where 
It is. Find your real voice and figure out who you are because I'm not going to tell you to change the way you think. Great advice right there. Be compassionate toward yourself and your learning process, and the other thing is put in the work. Well, I'll let you get ready for your DC audience. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, guys. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Yeah. Forever, but not at all. So lovely. It was yeah. good. That was Shannon O'Neill and Brandon Scott Jones from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Find out all about them at ucbcomedy.com. You've been listening to Artworks. For the National Endowment for the Arts, I'm Josephine Reed. Thanks for listening.